You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. It's fun when you have an idol in your house. I've said this before because I've had a lot of cool, cool people that I look up to. I have pictures of and autographs. Are you talking about me? Yes, Tyler. Oh, wow. But dude, Ralph Macchio. Incredible. Karate Kid. Outsiders. My Cousin Vinny. The new Cobra Kai series. By the way, he looks... We talk about this on the pod. I couldn't stop looking at him. He's 57 years old. He looks younger than me, who was 46. Yeah, you guys talk about it a lot. I mean, it was it's just a big like, topic. You know, he got deep. I, don't, I, don't, I think he's the kind of guy who's private, and um, he wasn't expecting to talk about some private things. But he really, he opened up as much as he could, and he opened up in a way that I think was beneficial to not only me, but I think the audience. And he was very humble, and he talked about... You know, we all go and, you know, whether you have a nine to five job or whatever, you have an acting job, we all, you get in a little hole. How do you dig your way out? And, you know, this is a guy who had super success. And then it was interesting hearing him talk about, hey, man, now I wasn't getting cast and things. Now you start, you start to think too much. And um, this is a really fun podcast. So why don't we get inside of Ralph Macchio? It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. I like, yeah, you need Red Bull, so that scares me right there. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm just sipping it. <laughs> just sipping. Yeah, do you not drink Red Bull? Um, They're not a sponsor. I'm just, well, they give me free not stuff. Yet. Not yet, not every yet. Every once in a while, I need a little, bit of, a little bit of something. A little bit of something. I usually go to Double Espresso, um, but not uh, today. I got some rest last night. I flew in last night. Uh, and all good. We've been going since this morning, though. But you are, I have one meeting at 4.30, but uh, we are rocking. I am here, <laughs> totally present. You, you've you been doing it this is, a long time, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get, because you're a family guy. I am. You've been married to the same woman for a long time. 32 years. Your mom introduced you to the woman. Is that correct? Well, at least you do some research. No. Um, <laughs> but it's pretty close. Pretty close. I... Uh, I met my wife at a Sweet 16 party at my cousin's. No, it was for my cousin, and it was my grandmother's house in the basement. Like like the basement parties, like Tootsie Rolls and 7-Up. Punch. And, and chips. What year uh, was this? This was in 77. 77? How old you are you? You weren't born. You look younger than me. And uh, I'm not sure. Tyler, fuck off. Yeah. Tyler's, Tyler Tyler's agreed like without even yeah. batting an eye. He was just like, totally. Tyler's <laughs> filling in for Rob, who's here. Tyler sometimes fills in when Rob's gone. But uh, yeah, Tyler, you looked at him immediately and you're like, God, you look so young. Yeah, I was born in 1994. Okay, so yeah, fuck off. Like my, my, career, Slowly. my career had ended and I was restarting it at that Your point. career has never ended. <laughs> not, not really. Not but really. you know what's funny is, well, first of all, Cobra Kai, the resurgence of like, this is the, did you think it was going to be this big? Uh, not this big, no. It, it, it exceeded expectations. I mean, I knew the I knew the base was out there. I knew if you could deliver uh, something, you know, they would come to the party to peek in. Yeah, but well, they've, they come, they've come in the door. They've blown the door off the place, and everybody's hanging out. Well, it's, it's nostalgic, awesome. and when you're watching it, what I like is I think they're spending most of the money on the music. Yeah, <laughs> I could I could attest to that. I could promise, right? Because they they really make you feel like it's like white they snake. Do a, it's they like... do a great job with it. The two composers. Uh, you know, it's a great story. Those guys, they saw, they read the announcement that the show was being made and they put a bunch of tunes together and sent it to the writers like that day saying, we have to score this show. Now, see, you seem like a guy that 
it takes a lot for you to do something because you have to really want to do it. Yeah. Like you yeah. need some coercion. You need some, it's, it's like me yep. in a sense, I've gotten to the point in my life and, uh, where, you know, your family's important, this is important. You want to make a little money when you can, but, like, the most important thing is you want to, do, you have to do something that you're really passionate about. Right, right. Yeah, and listen, I was certainly last to the party with Cobra Kai. Right, yeah. um, and not because it wasn't worthy, it just, um, I had said no so many times over the past 30-something years with everybody's pitch, you know. and You've heard just, everything. Everything. My favorite's always like, how about if Rocky Balboa has a kid and LaRusso has a kid and then the two kids get, you know, and it does my favorite. That's oh, my, favorite my God. Did, that, came, that was a real pitch? It was a pitch to John Avelson and myself who directed, John Avelson directed uh, both Rocky and Right, right, of course. But, um, yeah, you know, leaving, tainting the legacy is not something I wanted to do. And if it wasn't done right, and it's still, I was still nervous jumping in. I, I seem really intelligent now. <laughs> of course, this was the one that made yeah. the most sense, and I knew to wait for this one. I mean, I did, but at that point, you still don't know. And the guys, John, Josh, and Hayden, who created uh, the Cobra Kai series, um, really had a vision and still do, and they have a long-term plan, um, and I don't question it. I mean, I question stuff with my character all the time. We, do you, do we, you really? Yeah, we collaborate and battle certain things out. And do you I, say, hey, Daniel, they, Daniel wouldn't do this? A bunch, yeah, but they, they get the tiebreaker, and they've earned it anytime. Right. Usually, we're all in agreement, but at those times, you feel that it is becoming fan service and maybe going away, potentially, of the truth of what might be the character. Right. I'll always bring that up, and we'll either negotiate it out or find or sometimes they say yeah you're right or most often they say but this is where we're going in the long term so we will if that drops if the bottom drops out here that only gives us a place to go there yeah and i i trust that because they've earned it if you, you've seen the show they've earned it oh yeah yeah i you know everybody talks about that show i mean it's like there's a big billboard in sunset boulevard <laughs> on the strip yeah yeah it's, I mean, it's crazy because you're doing a character it's like to me, like people are like, "Hey, would you ever play Lex Luthor again?" I'm right. Like, you know, if if it was right. Yeah. If it was right, it's the same kind of thing. It needs it's like, an, and needs a fresh angle. This angle is obviously, uh, you know, going through the eyes of Johnny Lawrence. What exploring the concept of what happens to that bully, who's this unredeemable kind of character? What does he become in his fifties or in his middle age? And where does that his life? And what was the perspective? For him, and uh, one of my favorite scenes in uh, season one that Zap and Billy does with uh, Sholo, who plays Miguel, is explaining Ali Mills and what LaRusso did. And you looked at it from his perspective, and I was like, okay, huh. he came and took my girl, acted like, you know, sprayed me with water when I was rolling. He was a dealership. He was a guy, you know, he, he well, he's kind of, you know, he's like, yeah, he throws it at him. And that was, that was sort of in the writing, and I went with it because it's serviced a down and out guy coming up against a guy. See, they sort of flipped one is rich and successful and the other one's down and out in Reseda. You know, LaRusso was down and out in Reseda and now it's flipped. And, but you know, that sort of has balanced itself out through season two and now going forward with season three will, it'll be less of what it's about, you know? You had to, you had to renegotiate it by now. Uh, listen, I got to send you in tomorrow. <laughs> We should. We because should. at first they're like, look, we have no money. This yeah. is always what they say to you in shows. Yeah, yeah. We have no money. Yeah. But when the show's a hit, yeah. we're going to give you money. Right, right. And then the show's a hit and you're like, 
We have other things that are failing, though. Yeah, other things are failing. We need your help. We need... And we have an agreement with you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, listen, the goal right now is to continue the level of quality of the yeah. show. This great young cast we have, which is delivering on all cylinders, which helps with the longevity of it. You know, these two old guys, you know, not burying the hatchet is cool and fun and we love seeing them at each other's throats but we also like seeing daniel and johnny kind of after a few drinks getting along you know they're kind of fun they're like a odd couple if they can only see past their own shit right. they they might be not far from the same guy and yeah. that's kind of fun to explore but um you know keeping everything going the stories being organic and then all that other stuff will play out but sure i'll send you in tomorrow to read your shade sweet <laughs> You're uh, the guy I want on my team. You know, uh, by the way, you're sitting right under a Pat LaFontaine. Pat LaFontaine, you know Islanders. Pat? I, I think I met him years back, but I didn't. he wasn't one of the Islanders I got to know really well. Back in the day, it was like Trottier, oh. Billy Smith, Mike Bossy, um, Dennis Potvin, and uh, some of the, the guys now. But uh, Well, you know I'm a Ranger fan. Yeah, listen, it's all good. They're, they're, they're you know, right now... The Rangers and their rebuilding phase. Ooh, yeah. I mean, that organization, they have – the. Uh, it's still my favorite rivalry in sports being oh, a New yeah. York hockey guy because it's the only team I've rooted against, meaning the Rangers. I got – you know, my whole childhood, I got to scream 1940 and then that ended uh, in, well, in, in 94. Um, and now I can, my team is at least putting out some good – you know, they, they had a good season. And uh, and we got a great coach. Yeah, would you sweep the Penguins? Swept the Penguins, and I got swept by Carolina. But we swept the Penguins. Yeah, that's I love you know, that. You know, that was great. Yeah. And by the great. way, and by the way, uh, you know, Ralph is sitting here uh, amidst the shrine of Ranger, a shrine of, shrine of, of well, of Ranger. Ranger jerseys, hockey jerseys. I'm a big uh, hockey fan, so let, I'm going to go back with you. I want to go back to the beginning in a way because. You know, I always find it interesting how people along the way they face adversity. You know, whether it's their family or they're like whatever they. I mean. You started at a young age acting. Like I, I, I couldn't even imagine starting at that age and having the breaks that I had because I can barely deal with it now. Right, right. So, when, when did you start? When did you? Start? I mean, I, st- I did my first play in high school at seventeen, and then right. I did college, and I went to New York and did like off Broadway, like the way the right, hell off Broadway. But you started working professionally at what, at what age? I mean, I, I think I made my first buck when I was twenty three. Okay. Well, I made, you know, I guess my first job I was seventeen, turned eighteen, but I just looked like I was twelve. Right. So you have a little uh, Machio curve there. Okay, that's right. You think I was the like... Machio curve? Yeah, it's a Machio curve. you got to add five to six years. Uh, now, it's getting tougher, though, now. You know you look young. That's, I do know I look young. It's you my do. Parents, my parents' fault. You know, they did it. Now, it's good genes and, and quasi-healthy lifestyle. Quasi. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy my diet. adult. I enjoy my adult beverage when I... When I you What's know. your beverage of choice? Um, I'm, a big, I'm a big wine fan. I like wine. Uh, but I'll drink, uh, I'll drink uh, you know, vodka. Do you get tipsy? I do get tipsy at times, but never out of control. I'll get sick before I get out of control. So I'm like a lightweight. <laughs> That's a damn shame. Isn't it's a it? damn shame. Yeah, I've never, I've never like, how did I get here? I'm always like, here is hugging the porcelain <laughs> steering wheel before I get there. So, um, um, yeah, like I'll, I'll enjoy a martini here and there, and a, and uh, I, I love wine. I love going to Napa and and just tasting great wine. Were your parents? Were they cool? They are cool. They still are. They're you got along with them. Age. They were role models. They loved you. They supported yes. you. Yeah. Yes, for sure. For sure. I mean, we all have, you know, you know, elements of imperfections, that, but for the most part, I got real lucky getting them. Yeah, for sure. 
and that it's amazing how important that is, isn't it? I talk about that it all is. the time. I try to do the same thing with my my kids. You know, it's it's tough. It's the toughest job in the world. You know, you're constantly failing. But it's if uh, you know, my kids know where home is, and I always knew where home was. And I think for whatever the reason that has worked, you know, and I think I've my wife and I have handed that down. We're often the first call. You know, or close to it. Maybe not the first. How call. old are your kids? Twenty-seven. My daughter's twenty-seven. My son is twenty-three, and I'm only thirty-two. So I don't know. How, <laughs> I don't know how you did that. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Wow, that's amazing. Uh-huh. Now you know we met at these um, the cons, right? We do the cons. A lot of the people that I, I, I meet, it's it's amazing because you see you at these things and you're always so humble and you're nice and you talk to your fans. And but you're you're a bit of an introvert, right? Um, I wouldn't say that. I, I would say I've kept. One foot in and one foot out of it, you know, so I don't, I don't really recoil into, but for my family, I keep that stuff, you know, that's, that's my private life. And, uh, for the most part and, um, you know, family politics, all that stuff. I just don't share that. I'll share my, you know, proud of my kids and I've been married, you know, I'll do those talk shows that, that like I did the talk today. So they give them what they want. Give them what they want. Oh, it's Ralph Macho. Let's talk about how happy he is. Yeah, exactly. But you're not, you can't be all happy no no it's not yeah, i'm not sure you get look, you there's get, a dark side there's a dark then, side and certainly during some of the lean years it got darker you know it got you get to a place where i mean i've always balanced things fairly well and i i you know i give that props to my parents i'm, I'm grounded in that way and i think i've lost opportunities by not being in it and in the business all the time. And there in those quieter years, I went, you know, I was back in New York and, and I would try to jump behind the camera, do some writing when the acting stuff wasn't happening. And I kept myself creatively uh, involved, whether it was shooting, directing short films and things like that. But, um, you know, if you're reading the paper, if you're seeing the successes or you get, you could go down that rabbit hole of, you know, it's like all the billboards in this town look a lot bigger when other people's posters are on them. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I swear when mine, it was smaller. They made it bigger <laughs> when this guy's movie's up there or when the guard at the gate used to wave you through now is frisking you, checking your license and not believing it. I've always you know? had the frisking. <laughs> yeah, the frisking. I it's always good. It. But it's, I, that stuff is, you know, you just, you have to call that what it is. You know, it's not important in the scheme of 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 life but there's there have been the challenges of breaking through and now with all this resurgence being on you know cobra kai obviously is a big success i'm on the show the deuce on hbo right now with james franco maggie gyllenhaal david simon show we're finishing up season three which is the final season and it's so fun to play this corrupt cop but yet i'm on this you know cobra kai as the daniel larusso 35 years later both worlds it's kind of it's uh who knew and i'm arguably busier than i've been i don't think i was this um my schedule was as full as this since you know 35 years ago and so who knew but it's it's remaining grand family my wife is a great grandly fan my kids it's all about you know um, that's the stuff that is, um, comes first for me. It comes first for me. I've kept one, one foot in, one foot out and you, you lose opportunities that way. But at the end of the day, for me, having those years where I wasn't employed all the time and really fighting for roles and sort of being like, yeah, but it's yesterday's news. 
when I went through that section of time. That's when my kids were young and I was at every school assembly, every little league game. So to trade that in and say, wow, I wish I hit bigger in the late 90s. Then you would have missed all that. Then I would have missed that. So I've actually, by design, gotten lucky. Yeah, how do you, like, because I go through it now. I mean, I go through, like, on the outside, you're like, you know, I hate the term of like, whatever happened? Where's Michael Rosenbaum right now? Right, right. What, uh, why isn't that guy working? I like that guy. People always wonder what you're doing. Yeah, I right. hate that. It's right, like, right. you know, I always think, you know, I did this. Right. Isn't that enough? What's enough? Right, right. And did you get to a certain point because you're so likable and you're so good? Like, I'll never forget your performance in The Outsiders. Yeah, like, I love to that To me, movie. that's one of the best performances ever. It's like, to me, it's what the top like 50 performances. I mean, just a raw performance, like a real guy. Somehow you managed to, you weren't acting. It felt like it felt real and pure and so tragic. Mm-hmm. And like, you look at that and then you look at Karate Kid and a commercial success and my cousin Vinny and it goes on and on. And then you're like, why wouldn't you stop working? What, what, what is, what is it with Hollywood? Mm-hmm. What is it? Because it's not you or, right. or do you think it was uh, Hollywood's fault, or maybe you're. Did you think it was? Did you blame yourself? You're like, I should have done this, I should have done. Well, Are you always in your head. Sometimes, it, it, certainly, you spend time there. You know, you have to, as I get younger and wiser, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I sort of get a grip on that. Yeah, yeah. But there was that, that, that time. I mean, listen, I always, the fact that I always looked young for my age, then I sort of fell out of the adolescent roles and I wasn't quite, you know, uh, you know, super leading man material, you know, so that was a tough jump. And it's, you know, it's still specific to me. Yeah, like there was a role in uh, a film called Running on Empty, uh, directed by Sidney Lumet. And uh, River Phoenix played the played the part and was nominated for an Oscar. And that was one that I had conversation with Sidney Lumet and almost happened. But then there was an option thing with Karate Kid Part 2 and the window when they were going to shoot it. So I got really bitter about not having that opportunity, mm. right? Not having that role that might have made the difference um, with the tight cast and all that stuff. On the flip side of that, River Phoenix was nominated for an Oscar because he was the right guy in the right part. Just like, you know, um, I had, I went, you know, I met with uh, Zemeckis and Spielberg on Back to the Future. And at the end of the day, there's, uh, press out there that I passed on Back to the Future, which is not true. It was just, it never materialized. Michael J. Fox got that role because Michael J. Fox was the right guy for the part. I was the right guy for Daniel LaRusso. Matthew Roderick is the right guy for Ferris Bueller. You know, all those, we were all in the pool at that time. So that's how I look at it with the running on empty. Um, It was um, the right guy got the part. And so that's, you know, it's about moving forward and not like, God, if I only had that one. That's mature. And this best. That's healthy. You know, that's. We don't always think like that, though. Of course not. It's much easier to. I mean, I'm better than that. Yeah, right. I mean, come on. That would have been my Oscar nomination. Maybe not. Maybe it was Oscar nominated because the right guy got the part. Because you can't, you got to put it in the rearview mirror. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, even when I'm working on Cobra Kai and, and this character, Daniel Russo, which is so much part of the legacy of, you know, of who I am. And it's, you know, it's going to be on the gravestone whether I like it or not. And it's a pretty damn good. You know, uh, it's, it's a good one. Yeah. But there are scenes in even Cobra Kai that I'm doing that aren't the way I would have designed them. And I still struggle with, okay, this services the show and the Cobra Kai of it all and why this isn't the Karate Kid, even though it's an extension of. And I have to let go of certain things for the big picture. 
Yeah. You know, it's that same kind of kind of thing. Are you hard on yourself? Uh, at times, yeah. yeah, do, yeah. Do, you, do you are you able to when they say cut, print, let's move on? Are you able to move on, or you just dwell on things? I uh, it matters what the scene is and how big the scene is and in my mind you know i like to feel i'm better at that drive home stopping in front of the mirror and then doing what you think you did and realize you didn't do that and that i'll still do that on occasion Uh, but at the end of the day when i see the scene i forget all about that shit and it works in the show i I did a really small part in guardians of the galaxy and uh uh stallone we filmed the scene and he has a scene where he's like you know, Ravagers is talking about this. This whole mm-hmm. thing is like, Ravagers don't do this, blah, blah. He's trying to do the whole thing. You know, like, <laughs> what's the line? And we got it. And James, who's like one of my best friends, he's like, uh, you know, director Guardian. So yeah, yeah. Stallone yeah. called him that night and said, Hey, James, how you doing, Sly? He's like, Yeah, how you doing? Man? Yeah, what's up, Sly? I know, who it I know is. the voice. So. <laughs> right, it's a good and he's point. like, Yo, look, uh, I think I could have done better today. He's like, What? It's like, I'd like to do it again. If we could do it again, like if you could just, I'd like to do it again. And he goes, uh, yeah, I'll move some things around. We'll do it first thing in the morning. Yeah, I think I could do better. And I was like, you know, so that was one of the things, even Sly, who's yeah. one of my heroes, yeah, yeah. who was glorious to work with at that level, mm-hmm. Oscars and all these, right, right. he still thinks, I could do better. Yeah, for sure. So For sure. You know and, I mean? But he has the ability to get them to do it again. <laughs> yeah. hey, this They'd is, be uh, like, listen, dude. <laughs> hey, director, it's, uh, this is Michael. Who? Rosenbaum. Yeah, remember, what? Remember, I was on the set don't today. Don't recognize the voice? Raspy? You know? Yeah, I did this scene today, and I was like, uh, how'd you get my number, dude? <laughs> yeah, right. That's pretty much the truth of it all. Well, it's scene. Oh, man. <laughs> but I mean, you've been married. So you've been married since you're how old? Uh, 25. And now you're 45, right? Yeah, right. I mean, people, uh, they can look it up. How old are you? 57. I mean, it's fucked. It's weird. It's weird. Do it's you use what weird. kind of... Your look? guy right now is freaking out. Well, we can, he, he could be our book. son. If yeah, we were a gay my, couple, he's, he's our gay son. Or, or, or our son. You wouldn't be gay. I'm just saying, <laughs> Tyler's got... He's a bigger smart ass than all of us. That's right. Uh, what was I going to say? So, 57 years old. It's stupid. But true. Well, what moisturizer do you use? Uh, I wish I could blame it on that. Um, yeah, I know. I've been pushing face cream. I can't get one face cream. Do you Come use on, moisturizer? Do you moisturize at night? I moisturize on occasion. <laughs> I, I mean, it's I mean? just so soft and it's, supple. No, right? it's, it's also, I was, I've been doing the, the, the camera tour, so it's a little pampered today. So I'm a little, you know, the, you the, the dark circles. Uh, we've been doing a lot of camera stuff today. So, Do you love 80s music? Um, yeah, yeah, some of it, some of it, not all of it. Favorite 80s band? Oh, God. It's weird because I don't, I don't have, you know, this is probably, ACDC would be considered what, a 70s band? 70s, 80s? Yeah, so I would say ACDC, if if it goes in there. I was less the, uh, the White Snake and all that stuff. Those guys, ACDC was the... The the upper echelon of that rock, you know. You like the hard, a little hard. Yeah, I think um, um, you know, in the eighties. I mean, honestly, so much of all the music that that was in the Breakfast Club or the you know oh, the Karate yeah. Kid and all that Don't stuff. Don't you? Yeah, right. what about, about me? me? Yeah, right. Exactly. Hey, 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 hey. They had um, another song too. Remember their other song? Has Simple Minds, alive and kicking. <laughs> no, you got ah, me. Ah, crap. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. 
Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And, I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. I got Rocket Money. <laughs> Okay, I found one. It, I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God, it was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming, dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period, it kicks in and they're it's charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. I mean, was your childhood great in terms of like when you started getting movies? Were you really enjoying being on set? Were you enjoying the people you're working with? Did I you, did. When but, did you feel like a star? Like, oh my God, my life's changed completely. I mean, there was a little bit of the onset of like the teen magazine stuff. And teen Beat, Tiger Beat. Teen Beat, Tiger Beat. You know them, you know them. I never 16. was in them. I just watched just them. Know. I read them. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I have my mom gave me like the 
a crate full of like me, Matt Dillon, Leif Garrett, and I mean, that's all the. Does she have a New York got. accent? She like, oh my God, Ralph, look at you. Yeah, you're, look at look you're at you're you. Think, oh, she was done. No, you're, she's not like she that. Do. That's she what has my the mom New York is. accent, but my she's mom. not like. Well, since like, she, you put a little Rosenbaum spin. I put a little on spin. There. I get, but my mom does have the New York, and my my wife has it as well. She, uh, you going? You going now? I was like, you know, you got to get it. We got to get away for you know and clean that up a little bit. <laughs> you still now, make fun I, of her? We, we joke all the time. I'm going now. I'm going long. <laughs> no, it's not I'm that going bad. Now I'm going long. No, no I'm, go, I'm overdoing it a little bit. But so, uh, but those magazines, that's when you kind of go. Yeah, I, that was when that was the first. Like, okay, this is you know because it was popular with the uh, kids. But I think getting the outsiders, getting that. Reading that book when I was 12 and getting the part in that movie, that was the end. That's when I was like, this is the greatest ever. I'm and I, I loved it. I worked so hard. I wanted it to be great and pay respect to the, the book. But I'm working for Coppola and with all these guys. Was he great to work with? Was he, he was intense? Great. Was he intense? He was intense. But he was uh, he gave me tons of stuff. I really wish we had the time now when we're shooting to do the theater exercises and things and stuff that he would do. We'd, we He would do improv exercises and stuff even before we shot Isn't scenes. Isn't that and something they don't do that great. anymore? Yeah, it's called money. <laughs> it's yeah, called don't time, have time and money. for that. But yeah. he really worked with you. So, you, I mean, yes. you're looking around and you're like, Tom Cruise, who's yep. that? See Thomas Howell, who's that? Right, right. All these time. people, who's that? Who played Cherry? Uh, Diane Lane. Diane Lane. I mean, every actor in that movie was nobody was a superstar yet. Nobody no. was a star yet. No, Leif Garrett was probably the most famous, and Matt Dillon had a couple of movies, and Cruz just had taps. We're doing it for Johnny. Yeah. Did you keep in touch with those guys after? I do. I see them now on occasion. I mean, I did Rob Lowe's roast a couple of years ago, which was kind of fun to go right, out right, and and rip him a, a <laughs> new one. Out. And I got my, you know, you do those roasts, you're getting ripped too. And so, how do you feel about fun. criticism? Like, do you get when people fuck with you? Do you, do you get kind of like? You laugh it off, but you don't you like laugh, it. There are times you laugh it off and don't like it. There's other times you're like, that's great. It's hilarious. And I'm, I love the self-deprecating thing, like my, the wax on fuck off video for Funny or Die was, <laughs> amazing, all, amazing. was all about self-deprecating. Yeah. So I, I enjoy that, that part of it. But I see Matt Dillon and Kay. I haven't seen him in, a, in, a, in about two years, but I would see him in New York all the time. See Thomas Howell, um, uh, Emilio um, occasionally. What's the song at the end of The Outsiders? Stay Gold. Stevie, Stevie Wonder. Wonder. Written by kind of music by Carmine Coppola. Stay go. You remember the words to it? Uh, some of it. What was the first words? Um, Seize upon that moment long, long ago. ago. Very good. Right. And with the bass going, oh, we got uh, you know a couple so of days in the something. studio. We'll come back. I, I think we could we'll, redo we'll, it. We'll Stevie Wonder. Whole... We, we're bound to make a better album. <laughs> That's right. I don't think that's going to happen. Doubt, doubtful, but it was fun. But to... You you sing. You dance. Uh yes, I carry a tune and, uh, slightly, and I can uh, dance a little bit. Did Dancing with the Stars didn't totally. Suck. You went to the finals. Uh, almost semifinals. Almost semifinals. So were you, wait, did you were you hard on yourself when you lost that? This is brutal. Why? The whole thing is brutal. No, the, the thing is brutal. Just brutal on your body. Yeah, your and then you just you have this separate. Because you're in it for three months from every waking moment. And you can't, you're either in the studio, you're doing press, you're doing rehearsals, you're doing camera blocking, you're doing more press, you're going through the night. Did you get anxiety from it? It's tough. It's tough. Are you freaking I, out some days? Like, I can't do this. Uh, no, that didn't happen. That happened bef- uh, probably the day after I said, okay, I'll finally oh, do it after Jesus. they asked me four times. Um I enjoyed the 90 seconds where nobody spoke. That's when you get to do the dance. That was my favorite part. And some of the rehearsals were cool. 
getting criticized, standing on the line. What do they say? What was the worst criticism that you read? You go, those pieces of shit. Yeah, right. How no, there was a that? few. What'd they there say? What few. was the one thing uh, that you remember? The thing, the one thing is when they would say, you know, you got to up your game now. Just because you did well last week doesn't mean, you know, and I was doing stuff that was uh, more advanced than some of the others that were being coddled at the moment mm. because it is still a show. It's still a produced entity and you have to drive the story. You're on somebody else's train. Um, but you you know that going in. It's just when you're in week seven and you're sleeping hardly at all because there's so much. And you're not, you, they don't give you a lot of money for these things. Not relatively. It matters who you're talking to. But yes, you don't. You I've can't, heard like $10,000, $25,000. For the whole season? That's not true. That's not true, right? No, no it's better than that. Much better. It's than much that. better than but that. But it's not. You're not. You don't do. You're not getting rich off it. No. Right. No. No. But it was for me. It, it, it was the right thing at the right time. Yeah. I think I represented myself well. I think no one felt that I overstayed my welcome. If anything, they thought I should well, have gone. You're a classy guy. Uh, no, it just I, I it um it, it's how you represent yourself, and you just have to. It's tough as it gets later to not say, okay, I know what's going on. I feel the production meetings. I know the script, but yet it's all happening real. You wanted to win. Uh, By you go that deep into it. If you're going to do it. Yeah. You can't go to the conference finals in hockey. That's right. It hurts. That's right. But for uh, at this point, everyone comes up to me with a big fat embrace kick ass. It was awesome. And, uh, and it happened at the right time. Did you like like everybody? Uh, everybody, no. Oh, like come on. No. Ralph, you don't talk about anybody badly, but you got to tell me one person you didn't get along with. I would say, Somebody, as far as the yeah. contestants, were all cool, uh, as far as the other celebs, because everybody was, you, you were all in the same pool. Right. Sometimes, you know, the judges thing, and sometimes the producers behind it, they would talk to you like- A child? You didn't know that this is still a show. Like, oh. you know what I mean? That this that everyone everyone's playing a part in the game, and uh, and that would be fresh. I'd rather them say, "Listen, this is the way it's written. This is your week to crash. We're going to bring you back next week. Right now, this week, it's for Kirsty and Heinz Ward, and then we're going to bring in second. I'd rather hear that than, "Hey, sorry, that's just the way it worked out," you know. But uh, uh, that being said, the show does not. And this is enough on Dancing with the Stars. I'm finishing this up. Yeah. The show does not look to be train wreck TV. The show really looks to lift up a sure. great story. And sure. in that respect, I love it for that. And I gained in a positive way from it. So that's my... What makes you lose your cool in terms of life in, in general? Work, life. What is it that you look back and you go, I remember I lost my cool because that. There's something that... We all have pet peeves. We all have things that when somebody treats me like a child or condescends or right, yell, right, or right. talks me to a certain that's way, one, I snap. That's one. That's the one. And I even talk about that in the industry. When you're treated like the talent. That does that hasn't been behind the camera or understands how it how it works. I'd yeah. rather be I'd rather be told a harsh reality than than pampered through to make sure the talent doesn't oh. know that because that drives me nuts. Yeah, and also some of it becomes ego where I feel um, you know even with the Cobra Kai show because I know um, coming on to it that if I didn't jump on board it might not be right. So I feel I have to be careful that I don't use that. Um, when I'm trying to to make a point, because it's uh, because I had I have not carried the ball completely. I'm just part of the puzzle, and that I need to 
Oh, yeah, always because your ego gets, you know. Of course. I mean, the ego I played this. Gets in the way. Yeah. I mean, ego gets in the way. You play this character. Yeah, you know, right? you, He's you been were. The face of that franchise for. Right. And right. so, in this, what's so cool about this is it's still. It keeps all that elevated, but finds another angle and makes it fresh. Yeah. And that's what these guys are doing so brilliantly. I had a uh, uh, a wardrobe stylist. Um, I guess they thought that I was an extra or like maybe a three lines. Mm-hmm. And they went in and they go, okay, grab that, put that on and do that. And they were talking to me like that. And I was just like, oh, okay. And I just sucked it up for a minute. And I put it on and uh, for this movie, and I go, um, yeah. And they're like, uh, yeah, that that will work. And I go, um, actually, I was thinking about this. But she goes, she goes, um, no, you're gonna wear that. And I go, okay, stop. This is my role. This is the role that I'm playing that I was cast to play, and I'm gonna have a choice in this matter. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna talk collaboratively, right? And I became very adult, mm-hmm. not yelling. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna do this together because this is what it's about, right? And we're not gonna condescend. We're not gonna look at each other like. And this is how it's gonna happen, right? And if we start, and I go, look, this isn't my first rodeo. I've done this before. I've done, you know. And it was just like sometimes you just have to say, hey, look, don't talk to me like this. I'm not. A, I, you know what I mean? It's the most collaborative art form there sure. is. You know, a painter paints. You know, and, uh, you know, a a musician writes their song. Mm -hmm. You know, the writer has that. That's when it's, you know, when the writer is, you know, looking at the blank page, creating that world and that life. That is it. But once it becomes, you know, the costumes, the the music, they all, all that stuff, you know, the, the, the shot, the angle, the performance, then, um, the best that I've worked with are the ones that are the conductors and, and, and leave all those instruments to play and, and, and then, you know, hone that in. Uh, and feel part of that uh, part of that collaboration because Steve Burum, great cinematographer, shot The Outsiders um, among you know War of the Roses, The Untouchable. He's a great cinematographer, and he said to me, I gave him a script at one point that I was working on just for some notes and thoughts because I knew he would read it and give some ideas. And one of his little things to me, he said, you know, just make sure you create when you figure your budget or whatever. Make sure you create that actor time as much of that actor time as you can so you have the ability to do all the other things around it because and surround yourself with people that understand that that when you're managing the time per day to stretch out to figure ways to give yourself more actor time because at the end of the day you're all making this movie for the first time yeah you've made 10 movies and he's made 20 movies and and this this and, and she's done this and he's done that but everybody's making this movie or telling the story for the first time. So anyone who feels they have it figured out is probably not being honest and truthful. And I just love that from a yeah. guy who's, you He's know, it. it's really about opening it up for the for what's in the frame because that's all that matters. That's all we get to see. And then how to create um, that collaborative uh, thing where we're all working together to tell this one story. Yeah, you need the person that's spearheading otherwise you wind up with a rudderless ship and everybody's pushing and pulling but um you know it's not a dictatorship it is a collaborative uh, form have you have you ever had uh any did you ever deal with depression any any anxiety attacks any like stuff where you go like because on our show we talk about you know some of that mm-hmm. stuff and people are like oh my god this really helps me and you know you look at people like um you know, you look at big stars and you're like, oh, they have it made. They have it perfectly. No. They live a perfect life. And we, they always, you know, and I'm always talking, I'm pretty vulnerable about mm-hmm. this stuff because I deal with shit all the time. And it's like, do you, did you ever have to deal with that? 
Not, uh, I wouldn't say any depression, anxiety, sort of being nervous about something or that working myself up and getting in my own way. Yeah. From an acting perspective, from, you know, that time, say, post My Cousin Vinny to when I started writing and doing a little directing, uh, I was putting, you know, I had to, you know, I felt like I had to work to get it back, you know, whatever. And what it was, the, the things that's when I look at the outsiders and, Karate Kid, for that matter. Some of the 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 richest moments in that those performances are the times I'm just letting it in. I'm not doing anything except being present and listening and and uh, and reacting in a in a natural way because there was no pressure to do it. So that I sort of you know how I get myself out of that, and I still sometimes struggle with wanting everything to be great. It's control. It's a little bit of my control issues. If I have anything, it's that, um, it's, it's trying to just, uh, look at the perspective where this really fits in knowing to, um, to sort of relax myself through How do you relax yourself? I try music, man. I love classical music. It's all textbook stuff. I love, I'll listen, I'll put on noise-canceling headphones and the classical great music. Yeah, all that. Whatever, man. Just takes me, it's cinematic. I close my eyes and I'm, you know, whatever it is, I could, I could tell the story through whatever the music is. And then that, that is a little thing that I do. Um, you know, even if I need to, if I'm lack of sleep, needs to take a nap or whatever and have a half hour, yeah. I, I zone out into that. I shut out the world and, and that, and that stuff and straight vodka. No, I'm joking. I just had to say that. <laughs> I saw you saying, give me something else. No, I'm not. No, <laughs> I'm joking. Fact, do, I'm you joking. Ever, do you ever like, but do you have like, in terms of self doubt, like, you know, you're coming off my cousin Vinny and then you did some things and you felt like there was this lull. Right. There was this bit of like this. Then did you almost think like, can I still do this? Yeah, of course. You now, second, what, I, I actually would, I actually went back. There's a scene at the end of the outsiders where I'm talking, pony boy opens up the, uh, the, the book and my letter, the letter falls out and he reads the letter I wrote to him in the hospital. And I did that scene. Coppola kept trying to strip me down. He says, just say it, stop. Don't act it. Don't act it. And we, we did a bunch of takes and it's very straightforward, honest, pure, and kind of natural. And I credit him because I was reading sort of, it. I was reading Acting it, performing it. it. And he kept stripping that out. And sometimes I look at that scene and I'll go back to that, that it's the, it's the most honest and pure delivery that isn't trying to do anything. And I try still to this day, even on Cobra Kai and the Deuce, I'll say, just stop thinking about it. Just, just deliver it as pure and honestly as you can, you know, and then also be in the character. And the Deuce, he's a crooked vice cop that'll take money from the lowest common denominator. Right. And in Cobra Kai, obviously, he's carrying the, the weight of uh, Daniel LaRusso. But sometimes I'll go back to those moments where I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't trying to do anything. But you lose it from the business because you now all of a sudden you go down the list of who they want. Who they want. If you try to get back on that, that's it's just unhealthy. But it's impossible not to want to to do that because you want to tell stories, you want to create, you want to do, and you made a living at it. So you want to figure out a way to make a living at it again. Fortunately for me, I'm I'm super blessed with being able to somehow have done it for this long, even through highs and lows. And I'm sure in five years from now, uh, you know, I'm hoping not, but I'm, you know, that might be, you know, might not be as sweet as it is right now. That's what I'm going to renegotiate. That's right. That's why I need you to go in so I could, I could, (laughs) I could kick back for a couple of years and not have to worry about it. Well, look, you're one of the best guys in, in the business. And, you know, there, there are a few that like, you know, when you meet them, they just feel 
genuine. Like a genuine guy. I'm like, this guy's just genuine. And I envy you because you're one of those guys I meet. And, you know, I, I could be totally wrong because you just said you go through things. We're all human beings. But you meet them and you're like, he's got his shit together. He's been married to the same woman for a long mm-hmm. time. He has two kids. He balances his life. He knows what he wants. But he deals with those anxieties and those whatever and, and, and in a way that's healthy. Yeah. Whether it's music or go reflecting back and saying, hey, I remember how pure I was in this moment. Mm-hmm. And if I can go back to this moment, I could do this. It's inside of me still right. to be as good as I ever was. And I just got to ha- have faith in myself. And I have to... You know, stop letting fear get in the way. Mm-hmm. Stop letting fear me the get in the way. Killer. Yep, fear does get in the way. It's the, you know always you know it's it is one of those things we all uh, uh, struggle with, and um, or at least I I have. Um, but yeah, those all those things you said. Listen, I do in retrospect when I look at it, you know, I'm pretty lucky because it's not all me being great at it. It's my DNA. It's the upbringing I've had. It's my mindset. Some of it, some of it might have to do with the, the, you know, people say, why didn't you ever go in that dark place? You're around in the eighties. Everyone's doing cocaine or, you know, drunk out on the street or messed up. And, and I just, I, part of it is my own sensibilities and who I am and my groundedness. And part of it, I was just too afraid I would fall out of control. So I like the control fact that I have in me probably uh, actually uh, might have helped sidestep some of those things coupled with just, you know, the, the groundedness of my upbringing. So. Do you think there's there's some good things to being a little out of control? Yeah, I, I think. Do you so. think that sometimes you like go, man, I wish I could, I just wish I could let go sometimes. Yeah, I, I think I think there are times in my acting where I envy those guys that just go to a place of complete, you know, uh, take those types of risks. And um, it's not so easy for me for whatever. If, if that's something that uh, that I work toward and I have to take off to pull the net out and and jump in, close my. I mean, listen, jumping in the Cobra Kai seems like okay. You jumped into the show. It was I mean, it was based on a hit movie. How much of a risk? But I had this whole weight of this character that has become the people, the fans, hero of their childhood. And what if it sucked? What if I did a? What if I didn't do justice to the character? Or it's a to lot the of pressure franchise? on yourself. A lot, lot of pressure, and I just I jumped in. Fortunately, my net in the parachute are these three great writers, and then Zappa delivering on his half of it. And uh, you so guys get I'm along. Not alone. We do get along. We are so different. We rib each other. We have great respect for each you other. You annoy each other, but we annoy each other just enough to keep it healthy. Just enough to keep it healthy. It's great. Like you're like, oh come on, Zappa, just do that. Yeah, right. oh, come on, fucking Ralph. Right, right. Can't yeah, you, no, come on, Machio. We do it all the time. We undercut each other. Have you ever I mean, said? Have you ever, has he ever said you're you're acting like a dick? Or, yeah. Um, no, not yet, <laughs> not yet, not yet. But it's all right. Yeah. But you do the you do the show because you know I have friends that you do a movie, you do a show, whatever it is, and then that's it. Yeah. And then you might hey email hey you doing man just checking in and right. hope you're well kind of those things you have your life you have your family you don't have many friends probably in the industry that you're hanging out with all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, I. My my life is uh, the the actors I hang out with, or the actors I'm working with, or if I bump into you at a comic con, <laughs> we hang out. For the most part, if I see you at a convention, Rosenbaum, yeah, we'll right. hang out. We'll for hang a few out. Moments. But but outside of your podcast, you're never going to see me again. <laughs> Not totally true. Not yeah. totally. You're you're so easy to talk to. You're great at this, and and it's a it's a pleasure to do it. It's fun. It's it fun. Is. And shit, there's so much stuff here. I I it's a kid in a candy store. Well, you're welcome um, back anytime. Do you dust this every Friday? Uh, I mean, who know. takes this shit? down and cleans it well nobody it's nobody dusty. It's, these are uh 
Yeah, awesome. you know, people always make fun of me. It's like you got all these things, you got these toys. But I was doing these conventions. I was going to conventions before I was anybody. Right. I, was, I was going, like I go to these horror conventions, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, look, there's a Freddy Krueger doll. I kind of yeah, want right. that. I love that movie. It's I, great. You don't, you don't have any toys at home. Do you have any Karate Kid memorabilia other than... Um, the car the and the car, headband have the, and the trophy. The car is in the show now. They re, we redid it. It's the original car. How much is that car worth if you wanted to sell it? I don't know. We just put a new engine in it, and we, it's part of the show. I, I love having it. It's the one girl that never left LaRusso. Did they rent it from you? Because <laughs> it's your car. Uh, they, 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 we made a deal. You It'll be part deal. of the reading. It's in good shape, though. It's in good. With, thanks to uh, it has studio. to be. You have a dealership in the show. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's all it's all smoke and mirrors. Right. Um, but it's it's great to have it in the show. It's a good talking point. Okay, tell everybody where we can find Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is on YouTube Premium right now, uh, season one and two, ready to stream. First two episodes of season one are, are free, and then you got to go behind the paywall. But it's um, worth which it. is only you, know, you could you could go for like a couple of bucks, watch the season. There's also I think. Um, I don't have the hard information, but this fall, YouTube is making season one and season two available with commercials for free for a certain amount of time. But you can watch them right now. You just put in Cobra Kai on YouTube. Believe me, it'll it'll send you there. And it's fun. It's it fun. is. It's it, nostalgic. It's fun. It's good. The characters are great. It's just it makes you feel warm inside. No, no it's good. It's good. And and the, um, it's nice to see this embrace around the world. It, it's good stuff, man. Ralph Macchio, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you today. I, got, I know you had a hard out. You're doing all Look at this. Yeah, yeah. 3.30. Yeah, dead on, man. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.